This is Story Players, the podcast that analyzes story-driven video games. I'm Josh. I'm Joe. And today we are discussing Telltale's The Walking Dead, the final season, episode two, Suffer the Children. I say episode two. There were actually four episodes planned for this season to be concluded by the end of the year. But there was some major news regarding the developer Telltale here yeah, uh, a since bit. the last episode that we recorded. I'm going to read this uh, tweet. There was a statement released by Telltale. September 21st, for immediate release. Today, Telltale made the difficult decision to begin a majority studio closure following a year marked by insurmountable challenges. A majority of the company's employees were dismissed earlier this morning with a small group of 25 employees staying on to fulfill the company's obligations to its board and partners. CEO Pete Hawley issued the following statement. He says, it's been an incredibly difficult year for Telltale as we worked to set the company on a new course. Unfortunately, we ran out of time trying to get there. We released some of our best content this year and received a tremendous amount of positive feedback, but ultimately that did not translate to sales. With a heavy heart, we watch our friends leave today to spread our brand of storytelling across the games industry. Telltale will issue further comments regarding its product portfolio in the coming weeks. And for a little bit more context here, Friday, September 21st was four days. Yeah, less than a week. Before episode two was to be released. And, and it was released on, on the following Tuesday. But yeah, this was quite a bombshell to, to hit the newswire Friday afternoon before their next episode was supposed to come out. I think you had probably one of two reactions to this sort of news. You either thought, wait a minute, I just bought this game. Am I going to get the rest of it? Right. Am I going to get the end of the story? This is the final season. I want to know what happens to Clem. But you may also have thought this was over 200 people who lost their jobs. Mm -hmm. And apparently they did not get any severance and they had a little over a week of health insurance left. Right. And that was it. And some of these people had only been working there for a few days. Like they had just started at the company and just lost their jobs. Telltale's had some issues in the past few years. They've, they've had a mass, they had a mass layoff, I think, a year ago, a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. It was surprising, but not too surprising. Surprising in the sense that it did just seem to come out of nowhere. Like, I, I feel like we would have heard something else uh, that this was about to happen. But it, it sounds like there, was, there were a few deals that they were making, and they, they all just kind of fell through at the same time. And this, and this is what they did. It's been a couple of weeks since this happened, and we still don't really know the actual details of, of what led up to this. There have been lots of rumors about deals falling through with other companies like the day before this announcement came out, but we don't actually know. On the surface, all of this kind of looks like management issues that this company has just, I mean, th they do say that the sales weren't there, so that's going to be part of it. If people aren't buying the games, the company isn't going to last. But there have been lots of other rumors about just basically poor management techniques, including just the way that this, this layoff was done. And that's the thing is there's so much we don't know. We can only really, I only really feel comfortable talking about things that are confirmed mm -hmm. and, and talked about officially by Telltale and, and the uh, related parties. So, you know, it, I feel bad for the people who were let go. Hopefully that they will find New jobs in the, in the industry, if they're not jaded or destroyed by this event. Things kind of kept going back and forth a little bit during the last few weeks. They, we had initially heard that they weren't going to finish this season and mm -hmm. that this episode that we're going to discuss today would be the end 
But then Telltale said that they were actually looking for partners to help finish up the season. And then just a few days ago, Skybound Games. Skybound is Robert Kirkman's like multimedia empire. Right. Robert Kirkman being the creator of the Walking Dead comic books. Right. Uh, so he announced at a, a Comic-Con panel that they had successfully negotiated with Telltale Games for Skybound to come in and, and see season four of the Telltale game to completion. The official statement says that the company has taken ownership. They will finish the season. Skybound will work with members of the original Telltale team to finish the story in a way that the fans deserve. So what do you think? What do you think about that? Well, you know, obviously, purely as a video game fan and like a fan of this series, it's good news to see that it's going to get finished because up until just a couple days ago, really up until yesterday, we had no idea whether or not episode two would actually be the last one. So from that perspective, it's great news. And also a little bit from the perspective of at least some of these people who originally lost their jobs are going to get reemployed. Maybe, maybe assuming that any of those people want to come back and finish this. I, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of them are feeling like they don't want to risk that again, but it's fair to say that we're not going to get what we were going to get. Yeah, I think that's right? fair. It's now uh, apparently episode three had been almost complete and season and episode four was pretty far along. So maybe there's enough that they can just finish it up. I don't know exactly what goes into making these types of games. You know, we're, we're software mm -hmm. developers, but we don't make games. We make more business applications right. type of thing. And so I can't imagine, I don't, I can't speak from experience about how, how that goes, but as a, as a software developer, I can't imagine some other team coming in mm -hmm. and being able to very quickly get on board and complete these episodes in the same amount of time that the original team was going to. Well, to the same quality, they're not going to have the experience with it, and 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 to the to the uh, release dates right. that have already been announced. So who knows? This could be this could be like six months down the road that we might get a season. It, uh, it could be an ending for the season. Yeah, Skybound is not talking dates at all, which makes sense. I would rather them not promise some dates now and then not hit them. But I, I think the likelihood of us seeing episode three and four finishing this year is pretty slim. Pretty slim. I, I would maybe go so far as to say I think it's likely we'll get episode three this year. But and that's assuming that the rumors are true that three is sure. very close to being done. Yeah. But if there's still a lot of work to do on episode four, mm, no, I, I don't think this is going to happen this year. So that's all we know at this point. We can talk about Telltale more. I mean, Telltale is done. Right. Basically, they did stick. They had a, a small team stick around to do some Minecraft story mode stuff for Netflix. And that team has also been let go at, at this point. Mm -hmm. And so the company is pretty much done. We can talk later maybe about, uh, you know, Telltale closing and what that means to us. But for now, let's go ahead and just talk about episode two here of this final season. Joshua, what are your just quick thoughts on this episode? I like this episode. I, I think I liked it more than episode one. I was kind of surprised by how short it was. It only took me a little over two hours, like maybe two hours and 20 minutes. And that's, that's because I have to pause every once in a while and write down notes. You know, mm -hmm. if, I, if I was just a regular player, this would probably have taken me two hours. And it, it didn't feel too short and it didn't feel too long. It felt like the pacing was actually pretty good for what this episode was. So. Overall, I was I was pretty happy about how episode two turned out. I would say I was the opposite in terms of I think episode one was better, but only because 
probably because I was surprised at how good it was. Right. Mm. It's about expectations. Right. <laughs> right? So episode two, I thought, are they going to keep surprising me with cool things? And it was it was just more of a continuation of what we had seen, which is mm-hmm. good. It's good stuff. Yeah. But it wasn't surprising in that sense. So uh, but I think it was good, you know, better than an average Telltale episode. It had some good fun moments. There's some twists in there. And, you know, it sets up what possibly what the rest of the season uh, plot was going to be about. Right. Right. And, you know, one of my, the the things that I think we were most surprised by, but I wasn't as big of a fan of from episode one, was the way the combat scenes with the walkers worked out. And in the first major encounter with walkers, I was really digging the new system. Mm -hmm. Like, I I really liked how the, the whole scene played out. I don't think I screwed up at all, which probably makes me like it even more. (laughs) But it had some issues in the second major Walker encounter, at least for me. So we'll get to that as as we break it down. But uh, basically just a little bit of ups and downs with with that new combat mechanic. All right. So this is your spoiler warning. Anything from here on out to the end of the episode is probably going to be a spoiler. And that includes anything from the previous seasons of this game. Seasons one, two, and three, all of that is up for grabs here. And of course, episode one in this season, everything could be spoiled here. So that's your warning. Uh, So before we get into the actual conversation of this episode, we want to thank you, of course, for listening to Story Players. We are part of the Digital Media Zone over at the digitalmediazone.com. If you want to listen to the rest of our podcast, you can, of course, just subscribe to Story Players in iTunes or anywhere else you can find Story Players. Or to find all of the previous episodes and post and all of that, you can head on over to storyplayerspodcast.com. And if you're listening to this, you know, right around the time that we release this, then we've got good news because you're not far from our very next episode of Story Players because... Life is Strange 2 just came out, and we were are going to be covering the first episode of that very, very soon. All right, Joe, let's get into this episode. Let's get into a little bit more detail with what we liked and didn't like in particular about this episode. I liked a lot the Truth or Dare game. It was nice that they had another game sort of thing. Like mm-hmm. uh, last time it was War, right, where they try right. to ask each other questions and learn more about them. And uh, this time it was Truth or Dare. People would ask uh, someone else to either answer truthfully or to do a dare right that's how that game works by the way did you know that truth I, or dare I, I did okay Thanks. I, i've played it a few times in my life so i really like that and i also really liked the dream sequence that clem has where there's this horse in the school mm-hmm. not because it was just really weird but because it's hinting at what happened at the ranch that when we talked about last episode like what happened how did she get aj back and and that it was hinting that Hopefully we're going to see some more and find out more about that right. yet this season. Even if it's all flashbacks. That's fine. Yeah, that'd be fine. Yeah, the, the Truth or Dare game was okay. It was just okay. I, I, didn't, I didn't think it was any better than War from the previous episode. It was, it was a little bit cheesy, but that's kind of how Truth or Dare goes, I guess. <laughs> so yeah, and, and, and I'd agree with you on the dream. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to finding out more about what happened there. Feels like they could kind of get a move on with telling us a little bit more of what what happened there. But I guess we're just going to have to wait to see what what actually did go on there. 
Is there anything you particularly disliked about this episode? The glitch that I ran into. You had a glitch? I'll, yeah, but I'll, I'll, I'll explain that when we get to that part mm, of the game. Okay. My issue with this, aside from thinking the, the whole time that there was not going to be an episode three, <laughs> is that at some point early on, we get kicked out of the school and we're going to be like exiled, right? Mm-hmm. But it never really felt like that was going to be a thing. No, it didn't. We, you know, because we have our place in the school, we have, we have the bookshelves and the wall where we put all of our stuff. We know that this is where we're going to be. So it never really felt like we're really in danger. Mm -hmm. And so just from a story perspective, I thought that kind of hurt this episode. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. There's no real suspense there because you know, somehow you're going to end up back there. So so it's hard to even get angry. About what happens, <laughs> you know, especially in the in the TV show, but also this game. You never know when someone might die, right? Anybody's right. really fair game. Oh yeah, and so it's weird to like have a really good idea of what's going to happen. Yeah, you know, there, you're yeah. right. There's no suspense there. Right. All right. Anything else you want to talk about at a high level before we go into the recap? Nope. Let's jump into the recap. Okay. So we open up with the previously on. Just as a reminder of what happened last episode, Clem and AJ are rescued by a group of kids living in an old school for troublesome children of all things. Uh, their leader, Marlin, struggles to keep the group alive and has even resorted to trading kids to local raiders in exchange for safety. Foreshadowing. <laughs> Things go to hell when Marlin's secret gets out. And the episode ends with AJ killing Marlin. Right. Marlin's brains being splattered all over Clementine. Just like last episode, this is divided into three acts. And act one is what we're going to start with. Unless you'd rather start with act three. Maybe let's just start with three and work okay, our way so back. Act three, no. The morning after the incident, Clem wakes to find AJ making her coffee. They discuss Marlon's death and whether AJ did the right thing. Flashbacks to the previous night show how everyone else reacted. Ten visits AJ and Clem in the room, and he gives AJ a firefighter toy for his bravery and invites them to the funeral that's about to start. First, I need to ask you, coffee? You just put it in hot water, right? That's all you've got to do? That's what AJ says? <laughs> right. <laughs> is, that, is that really all there is to coffee? Is you just... well? You- I mean, you run hot water over the ground beans. Yeah. I, you, you don't just want to put some ground beans in a cup and pour hot water in there. Else you're going to be drinking coffee grounds. But that's close <laughs> enough, I suppose. <laughs> I, I was shocked that like, there's coffee still? Sure. I don't know. Does that go bad? I think so. Okay. I've never let coffee sit around long enough to find out. Well, it's an experiment. You can try. No, I'd rather drink it. So really this... This part of the the game is the focus of it is on how you're gonna raise up AJ and how he should feel about what happened in in the previous episode. Essentially, whether or not he was justified in killing Marlin. Yeah, the game reminds you again, like every episode in other Telltale games is like, hey, your choices matter. You know, when you when you decide what to say to people, that's gonna have consequences. Mm-hmm. And here it reminds you. That AJ is shaped by what you teach him, and he's going to grow and do things depending on what you say to him. Mm -hmm. So what did you say to AJ? I really didn't like most of the options that I was given, because what what I basically wanted to say to him is, you're not a horrible monster, and you probably shouldn't have shot him, because... It just wasn't needed, right? It wasn't necessary, right? And... The fact that AJ had the gun to even shoot him means that Marlon wasn't necessarily an immediate threat at that time. Right, right. But Marlon was an awful person. And so I, I kind of, 
bounced back and forth on on which of the what I thought were poor options to choose from. And I ended up basically telling him that he was justified. Yeah, me too. I said the same thing. You did the right thing. Yeah. You're just, no, it it wasn't, it wasn't really the right thing, but yeah, at least I didn't feel it was really the right thing, especially with how risky it was. Cause Clementine is standing right there. (laughs) He's a good shot though. He is a good shot. He's a darn good shot. I did what you told me. (laughs) Shot him in the head. Clem and AJ attend the funeral. It's awkward and tense. Mitch calls for a vote to kick them out of the school. Yeah. Speaking of awkward, like, dude. The funeral's not even really over, and you're already ready to kick us out. Hey, he's angry. I get it. I mean, if you thought you basically had cold-blooded killers, I'm surprised he didn't insist on doing it before the funeral. Yeah, that's true. For me, Violet seemed to be on, on our side. Was that, was that true for you? I wasn't sure if that was something that would be dependent yeah. on. Yeah, she was on my side. Okay. But I, I left off episode one with Violet, you know, trying to, to forge a relationship mm-hmm. with Violet. Right. So I wasn't surprised by that. Okay. Then we have the... Uh, opening title and credits. And then we come back to Clem and AJ waiting in their room for the results of the vote. Violet and Lewis enter and break the news that they have to leave. But they're nice enough to escort us past the safe zone. Well, Violet's being nice. Lewis is being a total jerk. I guess it's understandable. Sure. Like, you just murdered his best friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't, can't really blame him there. Um, and I also don't blame AJ for being upset afterwards, too. He seems to be pretty upset with Clem because, at least for me, I, I this might be different depending on exactly what you told him, mm-hmm. but I had told him to defend himself. Right. Yeah, me too. And he's like, what? It didn't work. I did. I did what you told me to do. I looked yeah. to you as being the adult and, and you know best what to do in these situations. Mm-hmm. And why, why didn't it work? Right. There's a decision to make here. I think our first decision of the episode, mm-hmm. Lewis demands that AJ hand over the gun. Right. Fair enough. Understandable. <laughs> I didn't even know AJ still had the gun. That's crazy. <laughs> right? was, How does he still have the gun? Well, are you going to try and pry it away from him after he just shot somebody in the as back Clem, of the head? I think I would. I think I would take the gun away from him. As Clem, yeah. So you can have Clem say, keep the gun or give it back or give it to, to Lewis. So I had him keep the gun. And, and my line of thinking here is, you're about to send us packing. Yeah. I'm, we need every weapon we can get if you're going to kick us out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what happened? Uh, Lewis wasn't happy about it, but he, there's not a whole lot he can do. Okay, so, so he d- did not take the gun. No. Because I said give it to Lewis. Really? Yeah, I did. And this goes back to what you are just saying about not having a good choice mm-hmm. for telling AJ about what he did. Is It didn't feel, I mean, it wasn't right, right? So I know that it was the wrong thing to do, and mm-hmm. I basically just have no excuse. like. I know I'm wrong. I'm not going to put up a fight for anything. Like, I get it. I need to gain your trust back or whatever. If you if you need this gun to make yourself feel safe, I feel like I'd be escalating the issue if I insisted that this little kid <laughs> keep a loaded weapon with him. See, my emotions were already getting the better of me because I was just pissed off at Lewis. Mm. Like, I wanted the option to be tell lewis to go pound sand like we're keeping the gun you can just shut up we're keeping the gun mm-hmm. okay so we're walking away into the forest and violet and lewis abandon clem and aj in the middle of nowhere soon afterwards abel and some mystery woman show up and start attacking and it's lily yeah i, I was glad they told us who it was <laughs> because i looked at her and i'm thinking i know i'm supposed to know yeah, who you face. are yeah lily, i who's can't lily? i like, can't who, remember who's lily? Right. 
Well, as soon as she said the name, I remembered who it was. Oh, it took me a long time after that. <laughs> it took me until she actually said that you left me by the side of the road. Oh, okay. And then I'm like, oh, that right. Lily. Because <laughs> right. she doesn't look anything like what I remember her looking like. No. Lily offers to provide safety and shelter in exchange for convincing the other kids to come with us. You know, at gunpoint. Yeah. So, I mean, she's still the same person we left on the side of the road. Little bit psycho. <laughs> Right. And remember, she also killed the person that we had saved from season one. Right. Carly, in my case. Did you say, I don't remember. Did you save Carly or the other guy? I it think was, his name it was, was Doug. Carly or that bumbling Doug, yeah, Doug. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I say, oh man, I can't remember back that far. Anyway, well, she killed that person. So yeah, we know that she's capable of doing bad things. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. We had a couple decisions here in this scene. Uh, did you accept Lily's help to get up off the ground or did you stand on your own? I stood on my own. Oh, I, I accept her help. I don't need help from some psycho. Again, I, I don't trust her and I don't want to upset her. So let me see what she's about. I'm still mad at Lewis. I'm not <laughs> accepting help. You can't blame everybody else for Lewis's <laughs> problems here. Now we do see Lewis and Violet approach from behind, like they're mm-hmm. coming to rescue us and we can scream out. You can tell them to run or tell them to shoot Lily. Right. And what did you decide? I I finally got a little bit over my anger at Lewis (laughs) and thought, if these guys try and shoot at Lily and and the other dude, it's not going to go well. So I yelled and told them to run. Mm, I needed help, man. (laughs) I told them to shoot. I forgot to say that before they left us there, Lewis gave back the gun. So I do have, AJ does have his gun back. See, that's frustrating because it's just yet another example of choices don't actually matter in so many situations in Telltale games. Uh, I'd like to talk about this at the end when we talk about okay. Telltale because I specifically wrote that down as something I wanted to discuss. Okay. Um, because you're right. And I agree. <laughs> Clem and AJ escape from them and they're chased through the forest saved only by coming across a herd of walkers there's a short combat sequence that ends with this creepy guy wearing a zombie mask yeah wearing a mask of flesh yeah on his head it's pretty gross and and yeah a- aj is actually shot i assume he's shot yeah. and, and yours as well so that yeah this is the first uh, combat sequence so you said mm-hmm. you like this one yeah i did like this one there's some strategy here right you i can't almost just... killed james I don't think it lets you. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? That was, I mean, it was pretty cool. I'm like, this guy looks a little different. This must be the last one, I thought. Right. This is the boss of the zombies. (laughs) He's like, oh, shit. It's a super zombie. He helps attend to AJ's wounds, and they all enjoy a nice campfire. His name is James, and he used to be part of a group called Whisperers. They lived in herds among walkers and were able to manipulate them. That's pretty, that's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. But he's a little bit too attached to these guys because. He also doesn't want you to kill him at all. Well, yeah, that's one of the decisions here, right? Is uh, a uh, a zombie. We call them zombies. I'm okay with calling them zombies. A zombie walks by and Clem instinctively wants to like pick up a rock and like throw it at him or something. Right. Or no, she brings out her knife and wants to kill him. Yeah. And James is like, no, distract him. What did you do? I did what he said. He just helped. Me too. He did just save us. And he's creepy, right? I don't know if he's going to kill us, so let's just do what he says, right? Did you take his apple? I did. Seemed like a good idea. And he's offering it, right? Yeah. Yeah, me too. He does have a little bit more information for us. He says that Lily's community kidnaps people and trains them for battle. 
And that's why he's helping us. He's, he doesn't want us to right. want that to happen to us. I mean, it, it seems to it seems a little weird to me that you're going to convince people that you've kidnapped to be soldiers for you. Well, when I first heard it, I was thinking of the trope of let's let's we need to get these people to put them into some sort of battle arena where they fight each other. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no. and like they have no choice. Like, OK, it's going to be one of you two. You're going to fight to the death. Hmm. But yeah. Just to be clear, that's not what it is, right? No, that's not what it is. It's really just we need soldiers to help. Because they're at at war against another encampment of people and have been for a long time. Did you like the pulling shrapnel out of AJ's body? Was that that fun for you? That was not so fun. It could have been worse. So they make plans to go back to the school that we just got kicked out of for some medicine. And also, of course, to warn them about this upcoming attack, because we know that we know they're going to come back. The Raiders, Abel, and Lily are going to come and, and, right. take, and try to take these kids. One final decision to make here before the end of this act is James says, go ahead and get some sleep. And so you can say, I think I'll keep watch. Or, yeah, sleep's a good idea. Again, this dude may be super creepy, but I decided to trust him. Man, you're really trusting of this guy wearing a human <laughs> face mask. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, he's yeah. only done good things for me so far. I did the same thing. If he's not even going to kill a walker, what's the chance he's going to kill me in my sleep? Oh, well, I hope that's a walker head that he's got on him. That's a good point. Could be the last person he helped. <laughs> <laughs> Helps? <laughs> yes, that brings us to act two. James escorts Clem and AJ back to the school. Clem struggles to carry the wounded AJ. I guess he's heavy and it's been a long walk. Lewis comes out and carries AJ back inside where Ruby takes care of him. Meanwhile, Clem and Violet discuss Lily and the Raiders, oh, and James, and they decide that they're going to fortify the school and set up traps. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're a little upset about the James thing because they don't know James, we don't know James, and now James knows where the house is. Right. I got a question for you. As soon as I go up to the school, Willie, one of the little kids, like, shoots an arrow at James. Mm -hmm. Misses. Right. But he does shoot. Like... What the hell's wrong with this James guy? Like, you don't, th- like, why are you wearing a zombie mask, right? <laughs> why are you walking around like a zombie? Right. In front of a school that... that uh, it seems like a pretty dumb idea. Not a, very, not a very good idea. I don't know how this James guy has made it this far. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's obviously good around walkers. He doesn't but... seem very smart. He wants to be friends with the enemy, the undead. Clem says, what do we do when we're scared? And one of the options for AJ is, we tell it to fuck off. <laughs> I did not choose that option. You didn't? No. Did you choose that option? No, of course not. (laughs) Keep in mind that I told him in the last episode it was cool. It was fine. You can swear. I I don't care. It's not a big deal. But in this case, I didn't. So what option did you pick? I don't remember. But I was, I I thought, (laughs) I wondered if if it even didn't even give you the option because. Oh, it gave me that option still. Yeah. I said, we breathe. They were all kind of lame. I I mean, I wasn't going to pick that option, obviously. (laughs) Like, we do yoga. I, I mean, what? <laughs> yeah, breathe. Calm down. Take a breath. Mitch interrupts and is upset that Clem and AJ are back. Ruby also shows up to let us know that AJ will be okay. Violet, taking, taking charge, orders Mitch and Ruby to help Clem go to the greenhouse to find barbed wire for their fortification plan. Not surprised that Mitch is still angry at us, but a little bit surprised at how willing to help everybody else is. I mean, it, it kind of tells me that, that Violet and Lewis must have ran back home and told them mm-hmm. what happened. Sure. And some of the people were sympathetic, but Mitch 
still isn't, even though it, it did turn Lewis around uh, to be nicer to us. Well, I think just having AJ show up being so injured, you know, probably yeah. helped the situation. Right. Because even, even Lewis carried him in. Like he's, mm-hmm. I mean, he sees somebody who's hurt and it's a kid, right? Right. A little kid. Murder um, kid. But Mitch doesn't care. <laughs> yeah. A murdering kid. He's not, he's not a real kid. So then we, we find ourselves at the greenhouse, which they've abandoned. It's, it's been overrun with plants and stuff. And I think walkers are in there now taking over. So they don't go there anymore. They're not growing food or anything, but they do clear out the walkers. They find a way in and they find a bunch of stuff that's going to be useful in defending the school. So this is where I had my glitch. Okay. Because you get inside and you have to fight the walkers. And I died and I died and I died. And after three times, it just says, essentially, okay, we know you're not good enough to actually finish this encounter. What? So, like, it doesn't actually say that, uh-huh. but it doesn't make you play it anymore. It just basically kind of skips to you killing the walkers. It doesn't make you try anymore. Okay. Which I kind of like, because if, if you're just in it for the story, then yeah, sure. it would be really frustrating to have to do one of these fights like a hundred times. The problem is... And I'm a, this has to just be a glitch. This can't be punishment for being a baby. But it skips to the end of it. But for the rest of the act, I could hear a walker. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> the whole time. So did you think that there actually were other walkers around no. and you just didn't see them? Or no, I, does- I, was, I was pretty certain they were all dead. But... No, I just had to listen to the sound effects of one for the rest of the act. That's proper punishment, I think. Uh, yeah. There's a lot going on. This That was a short description of, of this scene, but it takes up most of the act. And there's a lot of stuff going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, we know we've learned that Ruby used to love this place. There was uh, a teacher, Miss Martin, who actually wasn't a teacher. She was a school nurse. And we find her inside, turned into a walker. Mm-hmm. Ruby asks us to kill to kill her, like again, because she's already dead. But mm-hmm. again, and Mitch is he's so angry with us. I couldn't help but think they're setting him up as a love interest. Like they're just arguing so much. Oh, it's really gonna turn around <laughs> and they're gonna be in love with each other, right? And then actually at the end, you have to make a decision about like who do who do you agree with? Do you want to burn the body or bury the body? Right. And, you know, it's this is like a Ruby versus Mitch sort of thing. Mm-hmm. What did you choose? She's still a person. We bury humans. Uh, I absolutely said burn the thing because <laughs> it is not a human. It is a cu- it is a husk. But it, it is... was someone that we cared about. Sure, but like shoveling is so hard. <laughs> yeah, but I found a shovel. I found sure. a shovel in the greenhouse. It's just it's cremation, right? Like it is. Not everybody gets buried today. It's it's just a it's just cremation. I know, and but easier. in the Walking Dead universe, that's the rule. Is it? It is. Uh, okay. Well, I decided to violate that rule, and uh, Mitch was pretty happy with us. I bet Ruby, he was. on the other hand, uh-huh. a little disappointed, a little and upset with us. why do I want to side with Mitch? Because he's a potential I'm, love interest. Well, not the kind of love interest I want in my life. And you know, I was a little surprised that w- when Ruby said, I need you to finish her off, that it didn't transition to Clem saying, nope, like, We've seen numerous times across the multiple seasons of this game where someone says, no, when it's someone that's important to you, you've got to be the one to finish them off. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And she didn't do it. 
I don't know why. I appreciated it because it's not the same old thing, right? Just, we know. Let's just get this over with. I wish everyone could have seen the gesture of you shoving the knife into the teacher's head. Oh, is that what this is? Yes, that is what this is. <laughs> um, hmm. So we find some barbed wire in a cabinet. We find some fertilizer for making bombs. Found a shovel to bury the teacher. <laughs> find an igniter and some propane. At some point, Clem walks past a chalkboard, and there's a bunch of chemistry diagrams on there, mm -hmm. molecules and stuff. And she stares at it like she has absolutely no idea what this is. Right. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. Like, you were just a little kid mm -hmm. when this whole thing happened. And so you don't have that education. Like, all this stuff, like, think about what she knows in comparison to what, like, we knew or learned growing up. This is a whole different, this yeah. is a whole different world. Yeah, because she was, like, seven or something when, when the zombie apocalypse hit. She wouldn't have been through chemistry yet. Yeah. So for me, at the end, Mitch comes around and he, he seems to like me now. Hmm. I assume that didn't happen with you. No. Okay. And I, and I was okay with that. Yeah. And that brings us to the end of Act 2. Act 3. Walking Dead, the final season, <laughs> Episode 2, Act 3. Clem and AJ are back in their room for the night. Lewis brings some clothes for AJ. They're tens old clothes. There's uh, there's some clothes with disco broccoli on it. Mm -hmm. uh, there's an Erickson sports jersey, and there's a science dog shirt, which I guess is the same character that's on tens boots. Oh, didn't notice that. Yeah, they said they said something about that. Which clothes did you pick? Disco broccoli, of course. Science dog, man, Come it's on. the same as on tens boots. They're buddies. They're going to have even more bonding going on it's because they have all the same tens old clothes. <laughs> They're going to bond either way. Oh, yeah. Good point. Definitely not the Erickson sports jersey, though. No. Because AJ's like, that looks like Marlon's clothes. Like, right. Oops. Let me just wear this shirt that reminds Let's me of the dude this that doesn't I exist. blasted. Disco broccoli. Lewis seems surprised that everyone is okay with letting Clem stay. And I mean, I mean, you mentioned that. Oh, then AJ says that he misses Lewis and asks if they're friends again. <laughs> And Lewis is like, hell no, you murdered my... No, that isn't what he said. <laughs> well, he didn't say yes. He just avoided the question. Right. No, what was interesting here is that I, all of a sudden, like, AJ's just in bed and Clem is continuously up and about. Days are going by. And actually, it's two weeks later uh, that we come back to our story here. Right. Because AJ's still recovering, basically. AJ's recovering from his bullet wound mm -hmm. and Clem is working on the fort. Yeah. Fortifying the school. I was surprised because I was thinking that this attack was coming any moment. Yeah. And so they're, they had plenty of time. Yeah, to well, what are they waiting on? I don't know. Like they were all, they were already coming. I don't know. Well, I mean, for me, Lily got hit with an arrow in the shoulder. So oh, she's, that's true. she's got some recovery to do maybe. I, I guess. Don't know. So after this whole two weeks and it's nighttime again and Clem has a, a crazy nightmare about what happened at the ranch. Now, again, we, we talked about this last episode where we don't quite know what happened between season three and season four. We know that at the end of season three, Clem was going to go on, was going to go find AJ. She mm -hmm. didn't know where he was. She got some information, going to go find him. And then all of a sudden this season, he's there and it looks like they've been together for some time now. Right. So, uh, yes, we are going to get some explanation here. And so we have this dream where she hears this crying baby, which presum presumably is AJ. He's mm -hmm. no longer in the in the room. She gets up. She leaves the room. There's a horse walking through the hallway. Obviously. And, you know, I, I'm not sure. Maybe you didn't get this. 
But I think that horse was looking at us like judgingly. You know, I think I was getting a judging look from that horse. Horses are pretty judging. Or maybe it was more like a, hey, f- come follow me kind of look. But I think he was judging you. He was a very judgmental With horse. Giant mouth. <laughs> you go around the corner and that same horse now is, is laying on the ground. He's not dead, but he's just kind of like sleeping. Do horses sleep laying down? I don't remember. I think so. And, but it's like looking up at us as we walk by. Yeah, that, that, that was weird. So then you go down the hall, and at the end of the hall, there's like some glass windows or doors or something, and the light behind them starts glowing this like very vibrant red, maybe blood red. Are you sure it's red? No. Is yes. <laughs> and on the way, you, you I, I'm pretty sure I hear gunshots just somewhere out there. And so it's a combination of, of baby crying, gunshots, and then as you open the door, the screen fades to white, and Clem wakes up. So we got a little bit of a flashback dream sequence hinting at there must have been something crazy that happened. Any ideas what it means? I just think it must not have been simple to get him back. It wasn't just a matter of going to that town being like, hey, that's my kid. Let me take him. (laughs) It must have been a little bit more than that. Right. Any ideas what the horse means? Did you like do any Googling on like horses in dreams or anything like Uh, that? No, I didn't. It's got to mean something, right? (laughs) (laughs) Does the, in this case, the horse represents a grown-up AJ looking back in the past. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what the horse means. It's it's weird. Yeah, it could be as simple as like they used the horse to escape, and while they were escaping, the horse got hurt, and right. they had they had to abandon it. Whatever, but it could be something much more than that. I didn't feel judged by the horse. No, I felt really judged. Like what are you doing? When Clem wakes up, she finds AJ with a knife sitting on the dresser, staring out the window. Yeah, like. He didn't think AJ could Am get I creepier. still dreaming? <laughs> <laughs> and he's he's uh he's clenching his wound. Like it's not quite, you know, all better mm-hmm. quite yet. He says he wants to stay up forever. He thinks he can make it 18 days. <laughs> but really they're having this conversation and it feels like AJ or AJ rather feels like that he's not doing his part. Clem's doing a lot of work. He's just sitting around not doing anything and he wants to take care of himself. And also help out around mm-hmm. the place. And he starts by wanting to go on patrol. He's just going to leave and start walking around. I assume, though, that that is, doesn't actually happen for you. No. Because I said, why don't you just try sleeping some more? And he was, he was okay with that. But there were other options. But it wasn't like a make a decision here, one or the other. So I assume that it wasn't actually possible for him to leave. Yeah, I don't remember exactly what I said. But it definitely didn't result in him leaving and going on <laughs> patrol. <laughs> That would that would be a bad choice. AJ ends up sleeping with Clem in her bed. They didn't do that in the first episode, did they? No. Okay. Then I yeah. thought that was strange. Like in the first episode, AJ wanted to sleep under the bed, right? right? And I was like, sure, whatever. And you're like, no, you got to sleep on top of the bed. What's wrong with you? I'm like, why? Why aren't they laying together? Like, I'm thinking that this is my kid. There's no way we're going to be sleeping in separate beds right. a- across the across room. the right. room. That's just not going to happen. I would like to point out that this time AJ said that he doesn't like sleeping on the ground. <laughs> Huh. Interesting. Huh. Hmm. Maybe you should have convinced him to sleep on the bed. <laughs> Kids, they say the darndest things. <laughs> but yeah, it was a nice, it was just like a nice mother-son moment. I mean, these are, yeah. I like having these moments with my kids. Sure, absolutely. They're around this age still. Yeah. At this point. And I know that that won't be forever. But the next day, Clem helps with preparations while AJ acts as a lookout. Lewis and Violet argue about the tasks that need to be done. Lewis is practicing with a bow. He's guilty about Marlon taking all the responsibility all these years. 
he's understanding why AJ did what he did. And this is actually kind of a mirror of what AJ just said. Right. There's a little bow mini game, mm-hmm. which is practice for the upcoming battle. Yeah, maybe I should have practiced a little more. <laughs> I got maybe. an achievement. Did you get an achievement? Yeah. I for did. hitting every single one? Yep. Oh, well, you didn't need to practice. You're oh, good. Well, I, apparently I did. Check on AJ and 10. And uh, AJ tells us that Lookout is totally different than Patrol. <laughs> Duh. You don't walk. Right. <laughs> we help Mitch light his practice bomb. It doesn't explode. That's not a good sign. Whatever. Yeah, it kept us from exploding <laughs> during the trial, though. Now, I didn't... At this point, you have... If Once you talk to everybody, you can go back to Violet. But I didn't. I went to the graves. Did you go to the graves? I kept exploring. And at the graves is Rosie the oh, dog. yeah. Yep. And you have an option to, like, pet her or do something yeah. else. And I, I petted her. Yeah, sure did. What else do you do with the dog? Pet him. Yeah, a dog like that? You don't do anything mean. Mm-mm. Dog will bite your face off. So as we're talking with Violet, Willie and Asim argue, they come out of the out of the building, start arguing about traps. Apparently, Asim has this idea that he wants to fill duffel bags with bricks, while Willie wants to create some sort of swinging log trap, (laughs) like he's seen Return of the Jedi a little one too many times and wants to make these log things to destroy ATSDs. I was thinking Home Alone. Oh, yeah. This is like Home Alone, isn't it? It's exactly like Home Alone. (laughs) So, you, you know, you can side. You have to side with one of them. Do you go with the brick trap or the log trap? The brick trap. The log trap is a little ridiculous. (laughs) Naturally. So, yes, I went with brick trap as well. Go with the older, obviously a little bit smarter person. They argue a little bit and then Willie punches a sim in the gut. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, things are getting tense. So this is when Lewis suggests playing the game of truth or dare to calm everybody down. So, yeah, everybody's going to pick a card and the highest gets to ask a question or propose a dare. To the person with the lowest card. Okay, so let's see if things match up for us. I assume that the questions and dares are going to be the same. Violet asks Clem, Mary, fuck, kill, Ruby, Asim, James. That was the word? Mm-hmm. But then they quickly change it to flip. Yeah, I, I had flip. And I was like, flip? I don't even know what this means. <laughs> no, no, no. They said fuck first. And then someone's like harsh language or whatever and they're like uh i mean flip huh and then aj's like well lewis is like flip 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 and aj's like flip 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 (laughs) yeah i i must have missed the the harsh language part because i never heard that and was wondering i I, i'm playing this game and i don't even know what flip means (laughs) (laughs) i had no idea what flip meant uh have you been forced to play this game before in real life, Josh? No, I've never heard of this game before. You never heard of this game? No, oh, it's a very common game. Yeah. Then maybe if if I had played it before, I might have known what you flip. Would, yeah, was. exactly. Right. Oh yeah, you have to decide. That somebody will say, you know, marry, flip, kill, and then give you three people, and you have to decide if you want to marry them or if you would marry that. Who would you marry? Right. Who would you flip? And who would you kill? Do you get the game? <laughs> oh, I get it. I want to make sure you understand. I understood the concept. Okay. I just didn't understand what flipping okay, was. Well, now you know what flipping means. Well, um, so I was just somewhat random with my answers here. Oh, okay. Especially since I had no idea what flipping was. So I said, marry a sim, mm-hmm. flip, whatever that means, James, <laughs> and kill Ruby. Okay. I said, marry James. And Violet's like, ooh, he sounds mysterious. Wait, 
doesn't he wear human skin? <laughs> well, whatever makes you happy. I said, flip Ruby. Lewis cracks up. <laughs> I was just imagining her glare when Clem propositions her. <laughs> Which then led me with, or left me with, kill a Sim. And a Sim's like, oh, thank God. <laughs> and Lewis is like, what? You would rather die than marry or flip Clem? <laughs> Next up, Clem dares a Sim. You have a decision to make here. Do you want Clem to dare him to go kiss a walker head? Or to ask Ruby for a kiss? Apparently a Sim's got this thing for Ruby. Right. Uh, kissing Ruby isn't nearly as fun as kissing a walker. So I told him to kiss a walker. Okay, what happened? He goes and kisses a walker and it's super <laughs> gross. Because there's the the walker head like on a spike. Yeah, they're sitting on spikes. So he, he goes and kisses the walker head. And it's super gross and everybody laughs at him. <laughs> I told him to ask Ruby for a kiss. So we see him, he's like, hmm, okay. And he gets up, walks over to her. And so we just see them in the distance. We can't hear what they're saying. But, you know, they're making hand gestures and whatnot. <laughs> After he talks her a little bit, it looks like the heat. she just tries to, like, punch him. Like, tries to psych a swipe at him. Like, she did not appreciate that at all. <laughs> Next up, Lewis asks Clem if there's anyone here that she like-likes. Like-likes. And they make fun of him for saying like-like. And I said, nope, no crushes. Yeah, I said not really. Sim asks Ten... What's something he hasn't told anyone for fear of being made fun of? He says, the world goes in cycles, that this is the age of the walkers, but it will end eventually. Yeah. And they compare it to like the ice age and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Like this kid is, <laughs> he's a deep thinker mm-hmm. for being like five. I thought this was a good reminder that of all these characters and most of the ones that, all of the characters that we've seen throughout this whole game series, all the seasons, is that AJ is the only one who's been born after the beginning of the zombie apocalypse here. Right. And so like he's always lived with these monsters just always everywhere and that you've always got to keep an eye out for them. And Yeah, that, that's been a really interesting recurring thought throughout these two episodes and just how sad and depressing that is. You know, I, I think it's still perhaps the most sad moment regarding his existence there mm. is in the first episode. When he doesn't know what the tire swing is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he's a kid. He ought to know what a tire mm. swing is. And yeah. instead he thinks it's a walker trap. He's a child of the walker age. The walker age. Yeah. The walker age. But, but he's not going to be able to, you know, he wasn't there before. So he has no memories of that. So right. if there is a time after the walkers, he's not going to be the one who's going to be able to pull back any of that information. Right. Mm-hmm. Hopefully the older people who, if there are any that managed to survive, can remember some of the things and, and, and manage to pull them forward. Yeah. And hopefully there's still going to be books. Yeah. It's not like the walkers are going around burning down libraries. Know, like if you, well, this is, I guess this is true for any of them, but if you came across these high level books, physics books and all, are you going to be able to understand any of that stuff? Uh, eventually, maybe. Maybe. Anyway, that's the end of the game. Game of truth or dare. Uh, Willie and Asim make up and they leave to work on traps together. Okay, at this point, both Violet and Lewis have stuff that they want to work on, and you can decide to follow one of them. Only one of them, not both, not neither. You've got to pick one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can follow Violet, who wants to climb the bell tower to check on the back wall defenses, or you can follow Lewis, who wants to go play piano. He's got a piano project he wants to work on that mm-hmm. requires two people. Right. So which did you do? I, I'm not even sure why, but I decided to go with Lewis. Okay, I know you went with Lewis because you told me not to pick Lewis. Right. So that we could have some experience with both sides. Yes. But why did you pick Lewis? You wanted to play piano? 
Do you like music a lot? No, I, I mean, if, if you remember from our discussion of episode one, I think the piano is one of the dumbest things that they're doing. <laughs> Banging on the piano, making lots of noise, attracting walkers. Exactly. So why, what, you want to go, like, try to light it on fire while he's distracted no, or what? I mean, I guess it's just that it, it seemed like it would be more interesting. Okay. Like, there's there's got to be something funny. Like, most of the things with Lewis are funny. That's let's, true. Let's go and see yeah. what's going on with Lewis. Okay. So what happens with Lewis? So the reason he calls you up there is he says he needs your help tuning the piano. Mm-hmm. And that actually does kind of make sense. So he goes and he's fiddling around underneath of it and asking you to to press the A key. And you press the A key and he does some stuff and he asks you to press the pedals. And then he says, now blow on the strings. And she's like, what? And he says, you know, some crap about it, setting the temperature of the strings. And you blow on the strings and he's like, great, that did nothing. <laughs> and... <laughs> You realize he's just playing a prank on you. (laughs) And I told him he's the worst ever. And (laughs) then he does actually sit down and play a song. And he says it's the first time he's played the song and that you should commemorate the occasion. So he carves his initial into the piano Mm. with a knife. And he says, well, you should carve your initial too. So you carve a C right next to his L. and Because they don't have last names. Good point. Mm. Yeah. No, because uh, that, that would just take too long. I don't know. <laughs> They're actually long lost brother and sister. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> and then after after you carve your C, because this is so obvious, like they want you to like carve a heart around it, obviously. Mm, yeah. Right? Yeah. So he says, well, the best part of it, maybe the best part was you done Whitlin. <laughs> He's like, I really like saying Whitlin. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, for now on, I think I'm going to say Whitland instead of Whittling. <laughs> um, but you have the option of carving the heart around it or not. Yeah, okay. I don't like, like, mm-hmm. Lewis, so I didn't carve the heart around it. Did you carve something else? No, you, you just, just don't carve, carve anything. Okay. Yeah. And that's when he that's when he decides on a name for the song, because mm-hmm. you've obviously shut him down at this point. Poor Lewis. Yeah. And that's when he calls it the super... Super fun times, friends. <laughs> and then that's pretty much it. Okay. So, uh, interestingly enough, it seems like the violet path is very similar, actually, in the sense that you go and have some... There's a piano in the bell tower? No, there's no piano, but there's a mini game. There's uh, some choices. Okay, listen. You climb up this bell tower, like on the inside of the bell tower. Yeah. Not on the outside. That's crazy. There's usually not a ladder on the outside. <laughs> <laughs> and there's, you know, stairs that go up around, except they're broken in a lot of places. So they mm. actually climb up the wall on the inside for a while hmm. and jump around from place to place. I felt like I was playing Uncharted for a little bit. Clem says, looks a little dangerous. And Violet says, what's more dangerous than walkers or that death trap you called a car? Okay, fair. Violet also talks about chicken nuggets. Like, chicken of all things, nuggets. chicken nuggets. She's like, I'd give an eyeball for a chicken nugget right now. <laughs> anyway, we get to the top, and there's, you know, it's a nice view. Everything's fine. The, the, the wall defenses are fine, but, like, the moon's out. And it's, you know, it's very pretty and whatever. Bowd asks if they can hang out for a bit before Clem goes back for lookout duty. And, of course, they say yes, and they look at the starry sky. And they play this little game where they try to make up constellations because neither of them knows any of the constellations right. you know that we know of right now or that we've come up with and so you trace 
pilot will say, hey, I see this shape in the sky. Mm -hmm. And then so you see the stars and you have to draw the shape. Oh, that's cool. In the, in the stars. But like they'll just, they'll light one star up. And then when you, when you touch that one, it'll mm -hmm. light up the next one for you. So you know oh, what okay. shape to draw. Right. Yeah. And then after that, Violet comes up with a personality for that constellation. And then she asks Clem to say who that person is. So it's like, they do like three of these things. And, mm -hmm. it's, and so it's like, oh yeah, that's AJ. And they talk about that person or though, that's definitely me and that sort of thing. So they do that for a while. And Violet says, oh, I can't imagine what it would be like without you here. And then there's kind of like a pause and she's like, oh, shit, that sounded dumber out loud. Um, uh. <laughs> so then you have a decision to make here. You can say, you're a great friend mm. or I have feelings for you. Because that's an awkward, it, like, <laughs> that's the most awkward option for that sort of situation. But okay. So, so do, do you like, like they're treating Violet? her? So they're treating her as another, as a potential love interest. Right? right. So it is, it's always been her versus, versus Lewis. Mm -hmm. And so I said, you're a great friend. We Man. apparently just love is not important to us. We're both just shutting them down. <laughs> we don't have time for this crap. Nope. She's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, me too. And that was the end of that. So now we've diverged and we've come back. So see Lewis, a lot more fun, a lot, a lot more funny. Options Constellations there. are awesome. Yeah, but Lewis is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It would have been more funny. Blow on the strings. Chicken nuggets. Chicken nugget thing is kind of funny. It's not funnier than Whitlin. <laughs> Clem joins AJ back at the lookout. They talk about AJ's fear of Abel and how AJ wants to be the one to kill him. Right. And then they spot the Raiders. But so there's a decision here. Mm -hmm. I told you no, AJ, or okay, that's fair. You can be the one to kill him. Mm -hmm. What do you say? I, I said no, which, which leads to her saying, don't treat killing so casually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I did, the, I did the same thing. <laughs> but hold on a second. Uh oh. AJ said something hilarious here. And I'm curious if he said it for you because it involves a lot of beep, beeping. Did he say anything that would require beeping on this podcast? Because they're talking about Abel, and AJ says, I fucking really hate that. Fuck. Seriously? And Clem's like, whoa, that's a bit much. Well, I do. So he just says, good, because I'd, I'd swear about his stupid face. <laughs> so mine was a lot more tame than yours. <laughs> now that we're done learning new swear word combinations from a six-year-old or whatever. They spot the Raiders. This is it. This is the attack they've been waiting for for weeks. A lot of stuff happens very quickly. They're like getting themselves psyched up for this attack. And then all of a sudden Omar is shot. Mm -hmm. Just right away. So he's out. He's down. He's not dead, but he's down. They break through the front gate. Clem points her bow at Lily while Abel's around looking for the rest of the kids. Mitch and Willie are placing their bombs. And Lily manages to lure out Ten by talking about his sisters. Mm -hmm. And she grabs, so it goes to grab him. But then the explosives go off. Causing all kinds of chaos. Mitch takes this opportunity to try to attack Lily. So he runs after her while she's down. But she shoves a knife in his throat and then into his head. Yeah, she I doesn't think, waste any time. I think he's dead. Yeah, he's dead. Come on, my, my real love interest. <laughs> right. He's dead on the ground. You picked poorly. <laughs> so would you bury his body? No. Jeez, no. 
The kids retreat to the school where they've got all their traps set up home alone style. So we both chose brick, right? Mm-hmm. Bag of bricks. Dude, yep. she cuts that rope and those br- that bag of bricks falls down on this dude and totally smashes him. Oh, like yeah. he's dead. <laughs> he's for sure dead. Uh, at some point, Clem pushes a couch down the stairs on top of another person, mm-hmm. pinning him there. And then upstairs, Clem and Abel fight. AJ does get a chance to stab him in the foot with like a fireplace yeah. poker thingy. Right. And then Clem pushes him out the window, him being able out the window and over the balcony. They both fall mm-hmm. over the balcony onto the ground. It's like two stories, man. Right. And Abel's like, he's all messed up. Like his leg is all sorts of broken. <laughs> but Clem's, you know, sort of like just coming to and Lily is aiming her gun at Clem and is ready to just pull that trigger and kill her. Mm-hmm. But she seems to be struggling with this, I guess, because killing people's wrong or something. Anyway, it's long enough for Lewis to come and, and, and tackle her yeah, and, and save Clem. Now, because we pet Rosie, the dog, mm-hmm. she comes and saves us from Abel, right? right? Attacks him. Which I thought for sure would be the end of Abel. Yeah, sure, right? Like, that dog's crazy. Right. But, but it's not. No, he comes back later. But Lily does make a run for it. She's, she's retreating. She's making a run for it out of the, out of the school, out of the main yard there. And at this point, both Lewis and Violet are under attack by different people. Mm-hmm. And so it's like the classic, <laughs> all the way going back to uh, episode one of season one of The Walking Dead, Telltale, right. is who do you save? Do you save Lewis or do you save Violet? But it's not quite the same. Did you realize when you had to make this decision that this wasn't about saving someone's life? Because I thought no. this was, I thought for sure this was. They're going to die, and yeah, I have to yeah, make yeah. this decision. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That is what I thought. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so who did you uh, who'd you save? I saved Violet. Why'd you save Violet? <laughs> because we've been friends the whole time. Okay, but you just had a nice outing with, with Lewis. Well, yes, but it, it wasn't a romantic outing from my perspective. It's not like I'm trying to save my love interest here. So you have feelings for Violet. No, no, no. I, I, we're good friends. Okay. And I think she's also the more useful person. You think she's, she's more useful than Lewis? She's far more likely. The piano likely, player. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's far more equipped to survive in this world than Lewis is. But who's going to make you laugh more? Uh, that may be true, but not for long if he's dead. <laughs> I also chose to save Violet. Why? Because I just hung out with her and we're cool. And, and she like was the one who was trying to keep us there. She voted to keep us there. She did not want to abandon us in the middle right. of nowhere. Whereas Lewis was super jerky Whereas Lewis, the while understandable, his actions were understandable. They were. But, but he's not on the our, same reasons he's that He's not I, on our side. So we picked Violet for the same reasons. Yes. The Raiders leave with a few prisoners. They've got Lewis, but they also, for, you know, for both of us, they have Lewis. But they also have Omar, the mm-hmm. chef, who we've yep. never really talked to aside from that He's making food for us last episode. And a Sim also was captured. And then the episode ends with this really long bow combat sequence against the walkers. Yeah, I was not good at this. There's like three phases of walkers coming at you Mm -hmm. from the entrance to the yard. And you've got to shoot them with the bow. And, And so if you got your practice in earlier with lewis then you should be okay with this well the walkers move a lot more than that target did man they sure do i died i died a few times here (laughs) okay so it wasn't just me they were just moving so erratically and i couldn't right and you know what else the other thing is that the controls for this were a lot different than most games that have a bow so Mm -hmm. 
I just came off of Horizon Zero Dawn, <laughs> right. right, on the PlayStation, which is a game that heavily features bow combat. Mm-hmm. And so typically in a game that has bow combat, you hold down the left trigger to, to you know, knock, is that the word? Knock the bow on the arrow. Yeah. But you don't, you're not, you're not pulling it back yet. Right. You're aiming. Yeah. And then you hold down the right trigger to start pulling the string back. Mm-hmm. That's not what happens in this game. No. As soon as you hit that it's not right trigger, it's dawn. an immediate shoot the arrow. <laughs> right. It took me at least one phase of the zombie thing to figure that out. <laughs> so yeah, I died a few times. Mm. Yeah, I died a few times. I don't, I don't know how many times, but enough to get really, really frustrated. <laughs> the place is trashed. We've got one guy dead, Mitch. We've got three people kidnapped. Mm-hmm. So naturally, they want to they want to go rescue these people, but they don't know where. We don't know where the raiders actually live, mm-hmm. except a wait. Except we have Abel, who is not dead. The dog has not killed him. He's there with a broken leg, and he is going to tell us. And he's tied up. And he's tied up at this point. Who tied him up? I don't know. Rosie, the dog. Rosie, obviously. Right. <laughs> That's the end of the episode. That's our cliffhanger. That's We've it. got one person dead, three people captured. We've got our own cap captive. I mean, that's we're going to have to go rescue our people. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Because we don't know if we're ever going to get episode three. I think or we're going to we get three. Or if we do, we don't know when. Right. I think we'll get it. I just don't know when. I wasn't so sure the night that I was playing this if we would get episode three. But I'm pretty sure at this point we're going to get episode three. Sure. All right. Well, that's the recap for the episode. Would you like to go into the relationship status to see how we compare yeah. with all the people? Last time they were like all the same. They were all pretty similar. I don't know. Maybe. Let's see. AJ justified. Justified. He was soothed after sleeping in your bed, but resigned after you didn't give him dibs. Exactly the same. 10. He's despondent. Mm-hmm. Reassured when you said it was sweet of him to make drawings and felt hopeful after sharing his belief that the Walker age will end someday. Right. Yep. Same exact Violet thing. is vengeful. Relieved when you and AJ returned to the school and touched when you described her as a close friend. Vengeful, but disappointed that I spent time with Lewis. <laughs> Ruby is disgusted. She disgusted. was shocked. Yeah, disgusted. Shocked when you said AJ was right to kill Marlon and consoled when you expressed sympathy over finding the school nurse. Oh, right. Because you were a jerk about the nurse. Mm-hmm. She was grateful to me. Oh, okay. Lily, unimpressed. Nostalgic after recognizing you from her past and pleased when you accepted her help to stand. Unsettled. Mmm. Grateful that I remembered her, <laughs> but bitter when when I refused to have her help me stand up. Yeah, I I said I didn't recognize her. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, even though I I mean I knew after a while, but I'm like Clem. I don't think Clem would recognize her, and so I I kind of went that mm-hmm. direction. I see. James, he's trusted, felt yep. helpful when you let him feed AJ the apple, and attentive when you said you're originally from Georgia. Yep. Lewis kidnapped. Comforted when you said you were sorry you and AJ hurt him. I did I did apologize to him. Me too. And discouraged when you chose to spend time with Violet. And he felt discarded when you let the Raiders take him. Discarded. <laughs> <laughs> Abel, he's captured. Outraged when you told Violet to shoot Lily. Impressed when you taunted Lily with shooting you. Yeah. Oh yeah, I told I told her just go ahead and shoot me. Just do it. Get it over with. Yeah, me too. Man. Mitch. Dead. Dead. Exasperated when you told him to watch his mouth at the funeral and affirmed by your decision to help him burn the walker. Omar kidnapped. We don't know anything else about this guy. No. (laughs) 
Hungry. <laughs> Rosie, loyal to you after you petted her in the courtyard. Yep. That's how it takes. Loyalty. Willie, annoyed you didn't choose his strap. Yep. And a sim, kidnapped. Mm-hmm. Nothing else to say about him. Nothing else. Okay. We got some differences there. A couple. Okay. I so, mean, it made sense that we would have a couple of differences between Violet and Lewis. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of similarities there, even though there were some places that we could have chosen something different mm-hmm. and probably would have affected the, at least the description here. Right. We didn't. Okay. So there's a fairly good chance we're going to get episode three, whenever that may be. Uh, what are your predictions? What do you think is going to happen in the next episode? It's kind of hard to guess. I mean, I I think they're going to go after him. And, but I, I'm really not sure how to read how Abel's going to respond. Like, he's obviously not going to be super willing to help him, but what choices does he have? Mm-hmm. But I, I'm really not sure what to expect when they get there. I, I do expect that we're going to finally meet the sisters that were taken, and I'm really curious to see how they actually feel about being taken and, and their lives there at, at the Raiders camp or whatever. Yeah. What do you think? Do you think they're going to be, do you think they're going to be still imprisoned like prisoners? Mm-hmm. Or do you think that they're going to be reluctant fighters? Cause they, I assume that they were taken to be trained to yeah. be soldiers. Right. Do you think that they're totally brainwashed and think that this is a great place? I, I think that's the most likely option because it's the most interesting option. So you think there's going to be... And it sets up the most conflict. Sure. There's going to be some sort of conversation, whatever, mm. between maybe 10, but probably Violet, with the twins about what... that. No, you guys need to leave. We're here to rescue you. No, no, no. This place is awesome. You guys should come here. That sort of thing. You know, at, at first I, I was thinking that, but then it, it just feels like a rehash of season three, doesn't it? I don't know, remind me what happened in well, season three. Remember in, in season three, you end up in the town with the crazy dude that's running it, who's a freaking psychopath. Mm-hmm. And there are people there that are like, well, he's not really that bad and he's keeping us safe after sure. all. Sure. And then he murders the one guy who's kind of helping you a little bit. And then people start to realize, oh, wait, he actually is a monster. And you get them to see the air of their ways. and. So you're saying that this is a well-worn path. It and is. hopefully that there's something different. But yeah, I mean, you pointed out that we we didn't follow the well-worn path of asking Ruby to kill the person that, that she knew. Mm-hmm. So maybe it will be something different. Yeah, I hope so. Do you think Clem's going to die this season? Now that we've gone another episode, has your opinion changed? She's halfway there. Do you think... <laughs> <laughs> Living on a prayer. Do you think that she's going to die this episode or this season? Boy... I don't know. I I don't want her to, but I think there's a decent chance she does. I think it's probably better than 50-50 that she does. Really? But I like that's that's probably what I would have said before the whole telltale thing. But does the new ownership change the outcome? They certainly could change the story. Yeah. I don't think she's going to die. I think that she's going to live a long, happy, healthy life. Really? I don't think that they're going to kill her off in the season. Now, how she ends up, I don't know. But I don't, I don't think they're going to kill her. Hmm. I mean, it seems like it would fit in with the Walking Dead universe. Sure, oh, yeah, absolutely. I totally understand. I mean, I would be surprised if they do kill her off. But I just, I get this feeling that they're not going to do it. Okay. 
I got two episodes to find out. Mm-hmm. Watch the like, beginning of episode three, <laughs> knife to the throat. She's dead. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be awesome? Half the season oh, you're playing man. as AJ. <laughs> you just chuck the controller to the ground. <laughs> this is the new Telltale. <laughs> yeah, so the next episode, episode three, is called Broken Toys, and it was originally planned for a November 6th release, but mm. at this point, I wouldn't count on that. Nope. We'll come back whenever that that happens. So here's an opportunity if you have anything you'd like to say about Telltale, your history with Telltale and the games that you've played, and uh, the the studio is shut down. Right. We're not going to see like the the second season of the of uh, the Wolf Among Us. Yeah, we're not we're not going to be getting any of that. No, not unless they somehow work out a deal with some other studio to take on those projects. I mean, it's possible. Yeah, crazier things have happened, but uh, at this point, it's not looking likely. Maybe THQ Nordic buys up. That's all. what they do. <laughs> right. Now, uh, you know, my only experience with Telltale actually is the the Walking Dead games. I never played The Wolf Among Us. I never cared about Game of Thrones. I'm trying to remember the other games that they've made. Oh, well, they've done um, Tales from the Borderlands. I haven't played it. I've heard it's good. Haven't played it. You've got Minecraft, of course. No, I really don't care about Minecraft, so I didn't play that. You've got Batman. I don't like Batman. Didn't play that. How do you not like Batman? <laughs> Come on. They did Guardians of the Galaxy. Didn't really care for Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Yeah, really? I mean, it's really just been... It's really just been The Walking Dead for Interesting. Me. Yeah. Because you can really see that they had a formula. Mm. And that uh, they tried to apply it to just different licenses. And in some cases, it worked out pretty well. In some cases, it didn't. Uh, Tales of the Borderlands is really good. Even if you don't care for Borderlands as a game... But as long as you like appreciate that type of humor, the game mm. is really good. Okay. And I think I've got it because I think it was a free games with gold. Maybe. Oh, probably. I know the Wolf Among Us was. Yep. So I've got that. Mm-hmm. And and I had always heard it was good, but I'm kind of the type of person who in a situation like this is like, well, I guess I'm just not going to play it then because mm-hmm. studio's gone. Well, it, like, it's not a good reason. No, of course not. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's just, I don't know how my brain works. Uh, I mentioned earlier, I wanted to talk about uh, the fact that nothing, the, the story doesn't really change. Yeah. Your choices don't really matter. And that seems to be true of a lot of Telltale games. Most of them, all of them. Mm-hmm. And that's contrasted with a game we played earlier this year, Detroit, Become Human. That game has a lot of different branching paths. Oh, yeah. And the ending can be very different depending on your choices, even Mm -hmm. leading up to that last chapter. Right. But the difference is, is that is a massive game with a massive budget and Telltale doesn't or didn't make those kind of games. Right. Right. They started off as a very small studio, uh, an indie studio, Mm -hmm. and their games were selling for $20, $25, right? They were $5 an episode. Right. Something like Detroit with that massive budget. I think they could allow that to happen. There was at least one episode of a Telltale game that I've experienced with where a choice you made early on in the episode results in a vastly different experience throughout the episode. Mm-hmm. That was Minecraft story mode. Really? Season one, episode two. In I think it's episode two. In which you can decide who you want to kind of like go with. Kind of like we did with Imagine like we did here with this episode and in the last episode where we had to decide who we wanted to go with. Yeah. Right. Lewis or, or Violet. Mm-hmm. But imagine that the entire episode was like that. 
Hmm. Imagine that you made that decision early on and that depending on what you chose, you basically got an entirely different episode. Yeah. That episode was really short, as you can imagine, because they had, I assume, the same amount of budget and time to make it. Right. But you basically only got to experience half the game. Yeah. You'd have to go back and replay and do the other one. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's a better experience or not, but that that is the trade-off, right? They only have so much time and money. Well, and the same is true with Detroit Become Human, right? Yeah, but I'm saying they had a lot of money. Mm -hmm. They had a huge budget to do that. But from the gameplay perspective, you would have to go back and replay it. Yeah, absolutely. To, to experience the but rest I don't, of it. But I don't think Telltale could do that with their, with their budget and the market and the niche that they served. I don't think that they were able to do that. And I think that in the cases where they did try doing that, that episode was an hour long. Oh, jeez. I mean, would you, the thing is, is that we can talk about replayability, but are you going to go back and replay it? Are you going to go back and do the other story? I mean, I guess if it was that different, maybe you would, but I just, I just don't know how they ever, because you can imagine trying to come up with branching stories and how one decision can affect something later on. Like try coming up with a, 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 like a, a tree for all those decisions and how things could just vastly change. And then creating all that scripting all that you know recording dialogue for it programming all that and then realizing that your players are only going to experience a tenth of your game well but it's not a tenth in, in the minecraft scenario there no, but if you take it to the logical conclusion right if you go all the way to the extreme yeah. of if all my choices really mattered yeah stuff, oh especially because right. they're like you got your you got your decisions going through five episodes of one season mm -hmm. and then they're like by the way you can import your save game into season two and then have all those decisions affect that right. story as well. I mean, that's insane. Yeah. But on the other hand, we got the extreme other end, which is that our decisions really don't make that much mm -hmm. difference. There might be some slight changes at the ending. But it, I always felt that, and it was really important that you never replay the game. You couldn't replay the game. You couldn't really talk like we are with this about our differences because we. it's just, it kind of ruins it, right? It kind of ruins yeah. the illusion. But at the time, it really feels like about it's about your relationships you're developing with other characters. Because the thing that does absolutely change is the way that characters react to you and the way that they treat you. Yeah, and that always felt like we were making our own mm -hmm. decisions. And I like, I, I mean, that was good enough for me. Yeah. I like I said, I love Walking Dead season one. I still think it holds up, and I still think that. I mean, if you're going to play one Telltale game, that's the one to play. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm with you there. It would be way too difficult for them to to try and maintain all of those branching paths across five episodes of, of a game like this not to mention four seasons you know whereas like here yeah you know, we we easily make fun of the fact that in season one it's doug or it's lily but it doesn't really matter one of them is totally dead and the other is left on the side of the road either way they're not in the game anymore. Mm -hmm. yep. And so I'm sure that if you had chosen differently, it'd be Doug yep. here instead of Lily. But that doesn't really change anything. So I, I get where you're coming from. I, I think for a lot of fans, when, when they saw Telltale suddenly getting licenses like Game of Thrones and Batman, that, oh, well, they must have tons of money now. Like We should probably expect really great things out of them. And we never got great things out of them. We never got a dramatically improved engine. And we never got uh, dramatically different decision-making options that, that were actually meaningful. 
And now I think we have a little bit better understanding of why, but it's still a little bit unfortunate. And it's every time you start a new game, they're always like, hey, your decisions matter. And it has that little message that pops up. You know, Clementine's going to remember that, Mm -hmm. you know? And yeah, it really felt like in the moment. And I I think that was powerful. But yeah, in retrospective, it may not be what we thought it was. But so do you think that they're good games, though? Like in terms of storytelling, games having this balance of story and gameplay, this is uh, Telltale has been making games in the last few years that have very little gameplay, but have a lot in story. Mm -hmm. There's still some level of control and interactivity. Is that okay? Like, do you think that what they've come up with or what they had come up with, is it good? Is it a viable niche? Or do you think that they went down a path that was a good experiment, but ultimately didn't pan out? And that just isn't a sustainable type of game. Well, I I sure hope that it's sustainable, even even though Telltale didn't make it work out in, in the long run. I still really like them because for me, it's all about the story. You know, you don't jump into a Telltale game hoping for really great action or really get great combat sequences or anything like that. Nothing under, you know, the, the big catch-all phrase of gameplay. You never expect any of that to be really great in a Telltale game. It, it has to come down to the story and the decisions. But anyone who's played a Telltale game, as we've discussed here, knows even the decisions, not really that impactful. So it, the number one thing has to be the story. And when the story was good, the game was good. You know, season one of The Walking Dead, really good. Season two, still pretty good. Season three, eh, story wasn't that great. Characters weren't that great, uh, or at least to me, weren't very relatable. Um, but season four, back to Clem, liking the story more. So yeah, as long as the story's good, I like the formula. I, I would prefer a better engine. You know, I, I want the games to look a little bit better. I don't want to feel like I'm playing on my Xbox 360 or, or my PS2, you know, but but overall, I like the formula. How would you compare Life is Strange? So Telltale really came from adventure games, mm-hmm. right? And they've been iterating on this formula. You know, they were they had been doing like Sam and Max and Monkey Island, 3D versions of of those types of games. And then they had the Back to the Future license. And it was more of a traditional adventure game where you walked around and had to solve puzzles Mm. and you had inventory and you had to use items in certain situations to solve puzzles. And that game was cool because it acted as a as a fourth movie to the trilogy. Like it Mm. it added on to and assumed it was almost like a a fourth movie. Yeah. A sequel to the third movie. And they had an amazing voice actor who did a great imitation of Michael J. Fox. Right. I mean, it had its ups and downs in terms of story and, mm-hmm. and gameplay, or whatever, but it was really good. And then you saw them go into the Jurassic Park license where it was a lot. It was basically a game of quick time events almost the whole way through. And you can see that transition from an adventure game mm. with puzzles into what eventually became this Walking Dead formula. And every and ever since then, it's been the same type of thing. Yeah. But then you have, say, something like Life is Strange, which is really similar in the sense that it's an adventure game where you're walking around and, and talking with people. Do you, do you see Life is Strange as being in the same sort of subgenre as Telltale Games in the sort of like spinoff of the adventure genre? Or do you think that they're somehow separate? Do you think there's a, a big distinction between Telltale's formula and Life is Strange, for example? I don't really think they're that different. The gameplay's a little bit different. There's a little bit more gameplay stuff 
to the Life is Strange games. Uh, but they're at, at the end of the day, they're not really that different. They're all about the story that, that's being told. And there's some amount of decision-making going on. But even in the first Life is Strange season, which we're not going to give any spoilers here for Life is Strange, because maybe you haven't played those games, and we really want you to if you haven't. But even in the first season of Life is Strange, which you and I both loved, there aren't that many massive decisions. There aren't that many decisions that really have long-term consequences. There are some big decisions in that game, but it's probably at the end, not till the end. Yeah, that has a major impact. Yeah. Maybe you're basically deciding your ending. Right. Um, so we've seen Life is Strange 2 come out. So do you think this sort of sub-drama can, sub-genre can continue, even though Telltale is no longer operating? Do you think we'll still see games of this type? I would sure hope so, because I really enjoy these types of games. And I don't think that you and I are the only ones that like these type of, types of games. I mean, the Walking Dead games did really well for Telltale. At least season one did. And I think so much of it just comes down to, is it a story that you can really get hooked on? And and is it executed well? I mean, a lot of people thought that when Telltale did Game of Thrones, that it would be phenomenal. And it sounds like it wasn't. I, I, I would know I didn't play it and I don't yeah, watch I the show. Yeah, I haven't played that one either. Yeah. But you know, from from everything that I've heard of it, it it wasn't great. It wasn't very Games of Thrones. <laughs> That's a nice adjective. You like, I that? like that? Yeah. And and don't nod has the same potential problem with Life is Strange. Like you know, I I I've talked to a lot of men who you described the first season of Life is Strange to to them, and they're like, I can't relate to a couple of teenage girls in in college or whatever, and okay on the surface i can't either because i've never been a teenage (laughs) girl but i have had good friendships and that's really what it's about and and time travel and time travel which is why you loved it so much (laughs) you're a time travel junkie so you know is is season two of life is strange gonna have a story that really sucks me in that, that has a story that i can really relate to or characters that i can really relate to don't know yet because i haven't played it Man, I hope so. What do you think? Is this signaling the the end of of this type of adventure game spinoff, or are are we okay? I'm concerned that the audience isn't big enough. Uh, I think Life is Strange 2 will tell us uh, if they see financial success. I think that Dontnod has has put a lot more money into this season, or this, I guess, season, or whatever, the sequel to Life is Strange, that I think this would be really telling. Is there enough of an audience? For this type of game. I mean, it's a classic problem with adventure games, even back in the day. Mm -hmm. You're talking about a game that really has very little replayability. Right. You spend a lot of time designing puzzles to have a single solution. And then once you know that solution, there's nothing else to do. Right. Yeah. And we're talking about scenes, like a story. There's a lot of story in there. There's a lot of scenes that need to be hand animated. And once you've animated that, you're done. Like there's not a lot you can reuse from, you know, place to place, scene Mm -hmm. to scene, game to game. And so you put a lot of effort into creating this game that can be played once. And, you know, if you have an audience that isn't really big on that type of game, you can spend a lot of money for very little return. So mm-hmm. I am concerned uh, on the future of this type of, of genre. But at least in the, in the short term, it looks like we've got some, 
some of those types of games and, and I'm excited to try them. But with Telltale being gone, I don't know what's... I'm hoping that somebody else can and take take the subgenre and it needs some improvement. It needs some innovation. I don't mm. think that... I mean, what Telltale did with Walking Dead Season 1 was great, but I don't think that was like the end-all be-all to the genre. I think that there there's more places to go and that was just a stepping stone. And hopefully that some other company can can take that and so move it forward. We've talked about Don't Nod a bunch. What about Campo Santo? You know, they made Firewatch. You and I both played that game. I think we both liked it. Yeah, oh yeah, Firewatch is good. Firewatch is good. And they're working on a new game. I can't think of the name of it, but it's... In the Valley of Gods. That's it. Yep. Yep. I don't know when that's coming out, but yeah, they're working on that. And we've seen trailers of that. And that looks interesting. It does look interesting. Uh, What's interesting with them is that they were, they've merged with Valve. Oh, you're right. And so I don't know. So now they've got money. Well, they've got like endless money. money, But that means like, were they concerned that they couldn't make it on their own? Because, you know, whenever you've, whenever you have that acquisition, you always, you're always concerned about uh, how much control you have, Mm -hmm. how much, how much artistic control you have over, over the story that you're trying to tell or the game. So that's one thing is for certain. Now that Valve owns them. They won't make it to three episodes. Not, there will not be a third, whatever <laughs> game they're making. Absolutely. But it's interesting because, yeah, Valve has this reputation for not making games. They do They do continue to make games. And in fact, they're coming out with a card game here um, based on Dota in the next couple months. But it's interesting that that they decided to, to acquire them. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, yeah, what that means for the genre. Because, yeah. again, that, if that, did, they, uh, did Campo Santo feel that they... You know, there's some concern in the future about not having the numbers that they need. I mean, they're spending a lot of money, I assume, on this game that they're working on now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, getting acquired by, by Valve does, you know, eliminate some of that risk. Right. At the potential cost of some freedom, too. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I really hope this doesn't signal the end of the genre. But as we talk about this, I'm having a hard time thinking of anything other than in the Valley of the Gods. That we have to look forward to. Nothing's coming to mind either. No. But there'll be, there's still a lot of story heavy games out there. Yeah. They just tend to have a lot more gameplay than what we've seen from Telltale. Right. Right. Like Hellblade is the one that keeps coming to to mind for me. Yeah. And like I said, maybe that's, maybe that's where we need to move the genre. I don't Mm -hmm. know. I don't know. But yeah, I just hope that other companies take some risks and, uh, I just need more games like Detroit Become Human. Absolutely. I mean, that seems like it should be simple to make. Right. No problem. They've already made it once. <laughs> they know how to do it. Let's make it again. It couldn't be that hard. <laughs> I did have a story I'd like to share. Oh, boy. Regarding a moment that I experienced with my son while playing Minecraft Story Mode. Okay. And I think that even though Walking Dead Season 4, this final season, may continue, the company that was Telltale is no longer there. And I just want to share an experience I had with my boy that I think shows how telltale can create can elicit emotion and feeling Mm. from somebody and so so minecraft story mode you may look at that and think that's really silly i mean minecraft is kind of you know it's really popular with the kids or whatever now you're gonna make a story out of it isn't it a sandbox game right but you know it's sort of like what they did with the lego movie where lego is like whatever you just make up whatever story you want but they came up with a story yeah and came up with very specific characters and uh, they kind of, uh, Telltale did something similar with, with Minecraft and that they created a, a bunch of characters and, and, and put them on this, in this path, the story and there's villains and whatnot, but the game looks just like Minecraft. The game 
is totally within that Minecraft universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't look anything like The Walking Dead or any of their <laughs> other games, right? I mean, they've got they've got little puzzles that involve uh, going to a crafting table, and if you know the recipe from Minecraft, the game, you can go ahead and and craft this item that you need from the for, for a puzzle. But if you don't know, there's a button that you can pull up that brings up the recipes mm. and things like that. But if you're and there's a lot of in jokes about different things in Minecraft. They had an episode where they had YouTubers play their characters in the game, like in voice and voice their characters in the game. And there was at one point where they had the main Minecraft game had patched in some new characters, new enemies or something. And and then there was an episode that came out after that. that The characters were like, what is that thing? That's new. And it was a callback (laughs) to the actual, you know, the game changing because that game changes all the time. Even down to like when you kill an enemy, you know, like when you kill an enemy or an animal in Minecraft, it explodes, but like it leaves behind its item, like the the crafting material mm-hmm. or whatever as a floating icon or whatever. It's all, I mean, it's all like that. It feels like Minecraft. And if you're a fan of Minecraft, yes, the story is a little bit more kid friendly, yeah. right? It's not very serious. We're not talking about death and all kinds of crazy stuff in, right. in The Walking Dead with a lot of adult themes, but it's still really good. Now, so I played this back with my boy when he was super obsessed with Minecraft. He was at the age where he couldn't quite, I mean, he could read, but not fast enough mm-hmm. to be able to read all the choices and make a decision right away. Right. And so I sat with him and I'd read it and I'd read the different choices and he would make the decision. He had the controller, he made the decisions, he made his character, and then there was... Spoil- okay, so this is major spoilers for Minecraft Story Mode. So if you're interested in playing this game, skip over this. We're almost done with this episode, so just skip over this and uh, go play that game. There's a part in the story, the climax of the story, where there is this major enemy, and your main character throughout the entire season has this pet pig. There's a pig in Minecraft, right? Whatever. But this character has a pet. His name's Reuben. And he's just the cutest little pig. And my boy just loves animals, just loves pets. And there's a point where this pig has to help you defeat this enemy. Mm -hmm. And they both, both you, your main character and the pig fall from a very great height. And the pig hits the ground and you fall into a pool of water. And so you're okay. When you get up, you're like, hey, where's Reuben? Where's Reuben? And you find the pig and he's up, you know, off on the ground somewhere. And you go up to him and the pig is just on his side, like just squealing, like, in pain right like can you imagine a pet who's clearly in a lot of pain yeah and remember this looks like minecraft right we're talking about big blocks (laughs) right right? with like really pixelated textures but the way that they have made this pig lean like tilt his head up at you and his eyes sort of dilate a little bit and look at you like i i hurt so bad I need you to help me kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And you have, you know, you have some decisions like choices and dialogue and whatever, like, you know, Hey, it's okay, boy, I I can't, you can't die on me or you can't, you've got to make it through this. I need you kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so like the pig, he tries to get back up. He tries to get back up and then he falls back down. Right. And then finally he takes one last look up at you, closes his eyes and then he poofs and leaves behind a floating pork chop icon. Oh my gosh. And I looked, I'm like, I just realized what happened, right? right? I played this game before. I know Minecraft. I know that means that that animal is dead. Right. And before I can even look over at my boy, he is exploding in tears. Oh, man. He feels like he just lost his pet. Right. 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 
And like there were other people in the room and they're like, oh my God, did you hurt yourself? What happened? No. <laughs> he just had an insane emotional reaction. Right. To, to a, a video game. To a video game. Yeah. And I just, all I could do was hold him for a little bit. Just hold right. him and be like, it's okay. You know, it's okay. And that, that shows me that video games, I don't think that he would have reacted that way to a TV show because he had an emotional re- uh, connection yeah. to that animal. Because yeah. anytime that you, you could, you could choose to pet him, you could choose to say certain things to him. And he had that connection to that pig, mm-hmm. that pet pig. Right. And actually like he played a few more episodes of that game, but honestly, I don't think he likes to play it anymore. Cause he, he hasn't played all of season two. And I don't know if it's just because he's moved on from Minecraft and he's doing a lot of Fortnite now. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it, honestly, though, is that whenever I bring up that game, he can't help but think of that scene. Yeah. And I don't think he can handle it. I don't think he can, I don't think he can do it. But I think that that shows the power that an interactive storytelling medium can have. Right. And so it's not just, it's not just adults. Cause I felt like I had a similar feeling at the end of walking dead season one, <laughs> Right. but you know, it, it's not just adults. It can, it can be, it can be with kids too. Mm-hmm. That's great. So that was my, that, that was that's my, cool to get to be there story. for that first, first moment like that yeah. in a game. So I just want to, you know, thank telltale for all that they've done and best wishes to everyone who lost their job and hopefully they can yeah. recover from this fairly quickly. Right, because it's not a company that gave your son that experience. Mm-hmm. It's the people that made the games. It, it's the people who who wrote the stories, the people that the the animators and the programmers that you know could make that pig look up in such a way to really convey that that the seriousness of that moment. And and I mean, it's Minecraft. It's the <laughs> terrible blocky graphics of Minecraft. <laughs> right. But we're able to do that still. And that takes real talent. So, and, and that's all done by people. And all of those people are looking for jobs now. And I, yeah, yeah I, I echo what you said. I, I hope that they all move on to, to bigger and better things because many of them have impacted lots of lives with, with the stories that, and the art that they've created. So. Yeah, I mean, it's easy to be mad at Telltale as a company for for what happened here or whatever. But at, at the end of the day, it's about the people that made the games, and and hopefully, I mean, this is a, a overall, it's a good industry. It's an industry that looks out for its people. And whenever we see studios close down, you just see the whole industry open up its doors and 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 be, be so helpful at trying to find new jobs for those people. So, but this is a lot of people. So. And, and, and you see that talent spread mm-hmm. and you, and you see that influence felt at other companies. Right. And uh, so, yeah, we may see, we may not. So even if we don't get like the same genre, we might start seeing these influence in, in all kinds of other games. Yeah. And I hope we do. I hope we do. All right. Well, that's it for our conversation around episode two of the final season of the walking dead. Next up in this series should be. Episode three titled Broken Toys. We're not sure when, but when it comes out, we'll play it right away and get you an episode as soon as humanly possible. It could be November 6th, (laughs) but we both doubt it. So uh, just make sure you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, any place you find podcasts. We're probably there. And then, of course, look for the Life is Strange season two episode coming very soon. Again, thank you to all of the people at Telltale 
uh, for making this game. Thank you to you, the listener, for listening and sharing. And remember, find everything that we're doing over at storyplayerspodcast.com. That's going to do it for our second episode of The Walking Dead, the final season. Thanks for listening. I'm Josh Pollard. I'm Joe Distasio. Adios. See ya. Which I realized was a bad idea. <laughs> right after you press the button. <laughs> and I'm also realizing that I don't remember what happens afterwards. <laughs>